All right, so on this episode of Dig, 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 we've got one of my other fave friends, Jen. Um, We went to college together. We met each other in our last year of high school, which is crazy. Um, Jen's literally just amazing. You're amazing. You know that, right? Oh, thanks. Yeah, of course. I, I, I wouldn't have you on if I didn't think that you were amazing. So here you are. <laughs> um, so this this week's topic is going to be on the theme of haunted or hauntedness or horror. Um, this is our special Halloween episode. So woo, that's like my my spooky <laughs> sound. Yeah. We don't have sound effects over here, so we do it. We do what we can, okay? We do what we can. <laughs> um, for you, I was like, this is this is a lot about me learning from you because I don't really watch horror horror films like that. And like, honestly, I was like mainly introduced to it through you. Um, I, obviously, like I I know like some things like the the mainstream things but through you i'm like oh there's a whole new world out of here <laughs> <laughs> so for you growing up what was your favorite halloween memory yeah um you know this is kind of tricky i remember dressing up and trick-or-treating with my family um and other than that like i can't seem to think of much um because we my mom used to decorate the house, which is cool, like the outside of the house. Um, and so you would walk by and it would be one of those people like, oh, they definitely celebrate Halloween. <laughs> um, but after a couple of years, she kind of got, we still have the decorations. We just don't decorate anymore because my mom doesn't feel like doing all of that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was thinking about this question, I immediately thought of my junior year in college actually is kind of like wow this is one of the best halloweens ever wow (laughs) wait what happened Um, i I wasn't there so what happened um it was well it was just me alone (laughs) (laughs) um i got up early it was a saturday and i woke up early just because i needed to get some work done and so i went to work at the afc Mm -hmm. and um i like went to like the area in the basement with the TV and like I set up my little like working area right in front of the TV and then I went upstairs and saw that there was like a bunch of Halloween snacks because I guess they had a party the night before or something like that and so I just like brought them down with me and turned on the TV and they have cable and so they had like um, AMC and like the sci-fi channel and stuff like that and so they had I think it was on AMC they had a like a Friday no, it wasn't Friday the 13th. It was um, Nightmare on Elm Street Marathon. And so I saw the first five movies back-to-back as I was doing chemistry homework. And it was so calming, and it was so nice. And, like, first of all, um, it was cool, like, having that, like, cloudy, chilly vibe outside. Um, and then me being alone in that entire floor. And then, third of all, like, feeling like I was doing well on the homework. I Most of that was... It turned out I was wrong. It kind of like a smart <laughs> movies, and so it was kind of like cute, like you know, like it's chilly outside, but you're warm inside, mm-hmm. drinking some hot drinks and stuff like that. So, yeah, I really enjoyed that Halloween weekend. <laughs> Do you feel that um, like celebrating Halloween is like a very personal thing to you? Like, do you prefer to do things alone? 
Um, I think generally I tend to do things alone, and I think it's one because with friends, like there's always this, um, like they're doing different things. Like even growing up, not just like college friends and friends from now, but like growing up, like people would have different family events, and so we couldn't hang out much and stuff like that. Um, and then. Yeah, I would be like, oh, I want to go do this, so I'm going to go do it, and I don't care if it's alone, because I'm still going to be happy, because I'm still doing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that that's pretty much me. Like, I'll go to shows alone, I'll go to baseball games alone, like, I'll go see movies alone, like, it's fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, real. That, but, that's a good trait. I admire that about you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, um, going back to the one of the first questions I think you said, if Halloween is celebrating Halloween is personal to me. Um, I I think so. I think it's one of my favorite holidays in like the in the in the sense that it's like cute and spooky. If it's like too scary and creepy, I don't really do that. Some people have like really bad taste when it comes to Halloween, and that kind of freaks me out because I'm like, well, what kind of person are you that you're mm. into this type of? Um, but when it comes to like you know. Like, oh, pumpkin patches and, like, green witches on your door and things like that. Um, kind of like this stereotypical suburban Halloween type of look. I'm into that. And I think that's because, of, like, the movies I've watched where most of the time it's, like, in the suburbs and people decorate really cute. <laughs> so how did you become interested in these horror films? Like, what was the first horror film that you saw, this suburban <laughs> horror scary Halloween um, thing I don't remember the first movie where I saw that suburban thing going on or the first horror movie I ever saw because I've been watching them for so long like I grew up watching them with my mom and like my siblings um, like we would watch TV and like on the weekends look for a horror movie and like back when there would be commercials like we would know when we were going to sit down and watch a movie and stuff like that because it was advertised or we would go to the library and actively search out scary movies that we haven't watched before so that we can see them with my mom um and then we would like get a bunch of popcorn and do that um and then we would turn on the lights off of the house like it would dark and we would wait until nighttime to see them <laughs> and so like i i grew up watching that um and like as a small kid and like even on Telemundo, like, on the weekend, sometimes they would have, like, the Spanish subversions of, like, Chucky or... Oh, my God, yeah. I used to watch that as a kid. The fans and <laughs> things like that. Um, so we would we would watch those, but even when we would watch them on, like, English channels and they wouldn't have... Or when we would even go to the library and they still wouldn't have, like, Spanish subtitles, my mom would still watch them with us and stuff so it was yeah it, we watched all types of horror movies together and I think that kind of continued it, every once in a while we'll still do that um, depending on on the movie and how busy my mom is but now it's kind of more difficult to get her to sit down but before it was kind of like every Saturday night we know what we're gonna do oh <laughs> that's sweet growing up because um, you're Catholic and your family's also Catholic was there ever any tension between watching these movies or celebrating Halloween 
with your with your faith and or with your parents' faith? I I'm not sure if there was tension when I would watch them with my family members, just because, as I said, we would watch all types of horror movies, and that included movies about like possessions and exorcisms and things like that. Um, and I think when we would watch them, we would take them more seriously because we believe in that stuff. Um, not that we wouldn't take the other films more serious, but it's kind of, there was kind of like that relatable element of like, this could actually happen to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as I grew up, um, especially in college, like I started practicing my Catholicism more, I kind of started have like that tension came up for me and it still does. And it was so funny because um, I didn't know you were going to ask this, but this morning I was looking for a movie, to uh, a scary movie to watch. Um, and every once in a while I will watch those types of like scary movies that revolve around religion. Mm-hmm. So I try not to watch them every time I finish watching one. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this again. Cause I don't want to invite, like, I don't want to surround myself with that type of energy. Um, just again, because I believe in that. And I don't know, sometimes I like, I get curious and if my parents or like my family members are going to watch it, then we'll watch it together and I'll watch it with them. Um, or in other cases, I'll watch it with friends if they're interested in it. But I try to not watch them, especially like when I'm alone or I don't know. I just feel like if I do watch them, it has to be around people. Mm, yeah, I, I feel that. Like even for me, like growing up, um, I always had to like pray after I watched these movies or yeah, or watch yeah. like watch something that's like really cookie cutter. I don't know. It feels like it just cleans my mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally forgot about that. But yeah, that's true. Like I, I would also pray like for everybody who watched the movie with me. <laughs> I was like, I hope nothing happens to them. Like God take care of them and like their homes and things like that. Um, but yeah, and it it was interesting because. I took a horror film class in college, and one of the films we were studying was The Exorcist. And I I don't remember if I had seen it when I was smaller, just because it's such a classic that everybody knows about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if what I remember is, like, all the buzz about it or if I actually saw it. But um, that screening for the class was the first time I was officially going to watch it, like, with my with me having my own mindset and that was pretty uncomfortable because I was like oh it's a big screen it was like in a small theater it was all in my face and stuff like that and I was like oh it was just weird um and I definitely like didn't see certain scenes because I was like okay no thank you (laughs) um and even after that when I passed by the building where we watched it or when we went back to watch other movies I'm like okay I'm not sure I feel about the the energy in this place anymore but what was interesting about that is that we had been given readings about it before the film and so I kind of understood like the different like aspects of the film that up until taking that class I hadn't known about horror and how it could be political and social and cultural and stuff like that and be making commentary on those specific things of whatever year that film was made. And so in a way that made it 
I was able to digest it a lot more because I knew of those elements that hadn't, that sometimes didn't even have anything to do with religion, you know? Um, but even though I still learned that, I'm still like, okay, those movies aren't quite particular. Let me not watch them a lot. Mm. What did you learn about this movie? What was the, like, the other history of this movie? Um, I actually didn't go to, after the movie, I didn't go to class that week because I had to reschedule some exam or whatever during that class time. And I'm trying to remember what the readings were about. And it was, um, it was, there was some, like, gender stuff definitely because of the way like the girl like I don't even remember the protagonist's name but the one who got like possessed like there was um something about the way like she spoke to the priest and it was so vulgar and all this stuff but she was like a small girl and so there were some like social dynamics going on there um and I think it was I think that movie if I remember correctly was in the 80s um, and I think Reagan was the president then, um, at the time the movie was made. And so there was like some political understory that I, I'm blanking out now just because I did the readings, but I wasn't in the discussion about it. Um, but yeah, that entire class, like made me love that understory and understanding what a horror movie is actually about mm-hmm. and the difference between a horror movie and a scary movie where a scary movie is kind of just there to like you know spook you out um and a horror movie is kind of like more analytical whoa i didn't even know that yeah (laughs) wow interesting i it makes sense but i never like i i don't like i said like i don't typically watch horror films and there's only like a solid one that I can name that like I know front to back but it makes sense yeah have you ever seen the documentary horror noir maybe I'm not sure can you give me a summary I, I've seen several documentaries on horror movies yeah think. it's about um like black horror films and throughout history yeah it's, it's super super cool it's on um shutter if you have that it's like Netflix for suspense and thriller films and like horror films. It's really cool. Oh, I think that's the link you sent me, right? Yeah, yeah, a few months ago. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Um, it's long and there's but there's like I don't even know half of these movies existed. And like like some of them I did, but some of them I was I never thought about it and like I don't know, it just wasn't at least in my family, it wasn't um a part of our dialogue of of films that we're like talking about and i'm like yo these are these are pretty deep (laughs) yeah are there any um mexican movies like mexican film horror films that you watched growing up that were like truly um about like mexican people or a spanish-speaking film that wasn't like dubbed over or anything like that um I can't think of any, like, Mexican horror films, and so that makes me think no. And if there, and if I did end up seeing one at some point, um, it wasn't about, it wasn't making any commentary on, like, the Mexican people. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because you will have these like stories but they're like made by white people with white people where they're like oh something spooky happened here there's some like indigenous history in the tropics and things like that um not just with mexico but like with other like um latin american countries and it's kind of like well that's not that makes no sense <laughs> like stop mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I I was actually thinking about this earlier today as well because I was thinking about Get Out, and um, I would consider that a horror movie. And many people who watched it said it wasn't scary. It was like very um, again, it had a lot of content, but it wasn't scary because it wouldn't spook you out in the typical sense of that. And so then I think that's the distinction between like a scary movie and a horror movie, and so. Like, that one made a lot of, like, commentary on black history. And thinking about that and, like, a Mexican horror film that makes a similar type of commentary, I don't think I've seen one. And I don't... I haven't seen any, like, advertise or any recent buzz about any. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, that's um, a good point. And I wonder why that is as well. Does it make it... Does, like, the the analytical part of you the part that's like i know what a horror film is or at least like some aspects of a horror film does it make it more challenging for you to watch um films that don't fully showcase the gamut of like people um or yourself for that matter um I don't know. I don't think so because I'm also into the spook factor. So if that's the only thing that it does, I'm kind of okay with it as well. But it doesn't... It's interesting because um, when I started learning about all these different aspects of horror films, it wasn't until I did the readings and had those discussions that I realized certain things about that. And like now that I was kind of, I guess, in a way trained to look at horror films through that lens, it makes it a lot more interesting and sometimes I'm left wondering after I watch a movie like is this what they're trying to say or is that just me inputting my own lens in it mm-hmm. which I think is really cool and very valid as well because um, after that class I started doing that for for like just regular TV shows and regular movies as well not just within the horror genre mm-hmm. so how and do it, oh go ahead go ahead yeah no, I was just going to say that because of that I think it's interesting when at work I hear people talking about Netflix shows that they really like and stuff like that. They're like, oh, this show is about, like, all these philosophical concepts and things like that. And I'm like, well, actually, I've heard it's, like, the, like, prison complex system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, but because they're white, they don't see that, through that lens. They don't see those connections with the types of discussions that POCs have and the things that we have to think about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was going to ask, like, how... How then does this shape how you see the world? And like, yes, you have like a academic understanding of like what horror is, but how would you personally define horror or like hauntedness? And then how does that inform how you look at the world? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, the, the definition of a haunted is really interesting in the sense that as I already mentioned, like, I'm Catholic and I do believe in, like, the typical sense of that, like, a spirit can haunt you and do things like that. But when I think about that word in terms of how it relates to my life, I think about white people a lot. I think about um, 
like the them and the power structures that they have created that allow me to, or actually they don't allow me to navigate society in the way that I want to. Um, and it's like because of those power structures and like this sense of not, I guess a sense of inferiority to some extent. It's like something that I'm constantly thinking about and is always present, even when I'm at home or just chilling in my room, like I'm still thinking about these things and how I'm going to have to like go back to work the next day and deal with similar things. And, and it's kind of like just this sense of, I don't know, like, like a cloud of like oppression around you that you have to navigate and there's no way to like keep it away for so long and so in a way I think that's what haunted that's the way I have experienced that word um and I yeah like I haven't I'm still trying to figure out how to navigate my how to yeah navigate society that is white centered um but yeah, I think it's interesting because in a way when people think about haunted and like scary movies, you know, they do think about like this ghost or something like doing things to a person or a family and making their life difficult and like them being trapped and typically usually it's a house and like even if they leave the house, things still happen to them that make them return to that negative space and in a way, if you compare that to the definition I just or the explanation I just gave, it's kind of like, white people do that to people of color, you know? Like, they, them and, like, the systems that are everywhere because of, like, how this country was built is, like, they're all around you even when you don't want them to be and they negatively affect you and they just don't leave you alone. And it's kind of like, I don't know, depending on where you are in your life, there are days where it's easier to, like, remind yourself and, like, be with your own people and, like, just celebrate being a person of color. And then there are other times where it's kind of, like, this constant haunting of, like, whiteness. Yeah. That's true. So, therefore, white people are scary. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yes. Say it again. <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah, man. For me, um, I think I would define hauntedness. I don't. I don't even know the the proper word, but I would define that similarly. Um, and I think in terms of media, like while I don't watch a lot of um, like officially named horror films, a lot of the dr- drama, the dramatic films that are out, like I feel like those are they're still in the same vein. They're still dealing with the same concepts. It just may um, aesthetically, I think that's the difference. It's just aesthetics. Um, but the story is still there. And like, it's yeah, it's just as looming. It's just as um, scary. It's just as traumatizing. Uh, there's a film that Oh, God, let me look it up. I can't think of it right now. They, it's about this. Um, it's on Netflix. Um, it is about this Puerto Rican kid coming up. It's called We the Animals. Um, and it's a really amazing film. 
but it's also really really sad it's about um this little puerto rican kid well his dad's puerto rican his mom's white they grew up in upstate new york um his father i think his father's an alcoholic or something like that and um often leaves the house for like days at a time the mom they have they have three kids three boys um the mom she just like becomes overwhelmed and exhausted and not saying that she gives up but she definitely like it's a struggle for her to um to move forward and in in experiencing that as a young person like this boy is just like he's so freaking traumatized he him and his brothers they, they'll like leave the house and they'll you know they'll try to have their fun there's days when like the mother didn't wake up so they don't have food so they have to go try to like steal food they have to do all of these things to keep themselves afloat and i think in the same way like that is just as horrific right like it's and it's still dealing with the same thing it still is it nothing exists in a vacuum obviously and so you can you can still critique that critique that in a lens of like gender and race and class and all these other things that you know they are at the are at the hands of white supremacy and they the way that they function is as a result of how white supremacy imposes itself um upon people both white and um people of color and so i think even movies like that are like they they can haunt you they can haunt that person right that that kid now lives with that looming cloud forever even if um even if he learns to cope in a way he still is living with that for forever and that's this that's the scary part yeah definitely and yeah yeah it's interesting right what you said that it's like these same topics and just the way that they're presented aesthetically and not like yeah that's totally true because I think at the base of the people who create these films they have a what they're trying to say for real for real and then they have the way that the story is told in the movie and that can go in any direction with any genre but the main story is still there that it's an issue of like supremacy why do you think people choose to use the horror um aesthetic or or genre or i don't know trope as a as a way to tell their story as a mechanism to tell the story as opposed to something else i think um it's because it's more i want to say it's more digestible i'm not i'm not entirely sure if that's even true um horror in a way kind of reminds me of punk music in the way that like with discussions i had in that class that i took there were like certain eras where there were a bunch of really good horror movies made and that was based on like the economy at the time who was president and what social issues were occurring and in a way it kind of reminded me of punk music in the same way that like when things get really bad really good punk music exists and so in the same way like really good horror movies come out when things are really bad um in society and 
I, and this is something that like my class touched on and we still don't have an answer, but when people saw Get Out, they immediately understood what the point of the film was and the topic that it was touching on. And when I saw the films that I saw in that class and we analyzed them, a few of those movies that I had seen before and I had no idea they were touching on those specific topics. And now I know, now I know what they're actually about. And so I, I think Get Out was kind of not obvious because there was some stuff that you still had to think about to get, but like because it had like a black cast and crew, it was kind of like we knew as POCs, we kind of knew what it was about as we were watching it. And I'm not sure if something that does have, like even if it's just white people or like a cast with like composed of different races, um, depending on the story, if people actually understand what it's about um, in the moment that they're seeing them or if it's only in like after like a, I don't know, like Refinery29 post something about it or something like that. So I'm not sure if people actually understand what many movies in the horror genre are about unless they're as contemporary as Get Up was because I think with Get Out, like things were just so really bad and everybody was talking about so many social issues. It made people understand easily um, versus with other ones that are not marketed in the same way. It's kind of like, do you really know what this is? Wow. I think that's interesting. And like the same thing, this makes me think of um, The Night of the Living Dead, which is one of my favorite movies. Um, the original, I think it was in 1968, I think that's when that one, the original one was made. And like that one, yeah, it's about zombies, but you have a bunch of like white people locked up in a house trying to not get bit by a zombie along with a black man who's a protagonist. And that was actually not even done on purpose. It just turns out that he, I don't know, he did really good in his casting color and stuff. It's not like they had specifically cast it for a black man. And, like, just the dynamics that occur within that household, right? It's like, again, it's in the 60s, like, MLK just got shot. Um, he's, like the only black man, he's still trying to protect them, and, like, there are moments where he bursts out in anger, but he's not an angry black man, just pissed off because these white people are acting stupid and they don't know how to protect themselves, so he has to do it for them. And so, anyways, at the end of, like, there's a lot of complex things in that film alone, but at the end of the film, he's the only survivor, and then there's a bunch of cops trying to find people that haven't been bit by zombies and they hear movement in the house and they end up and that's the guy in the house the survivor and they end up shooting him and it's interesting because that's the way the film ends and the way that it's portrayed kind of seems like those cops together with the dogs they look like a lynching mob you know and i'm not sure if people understood that the film was released um but that's the way that we were analyzing it in class and again, I think it depends on who was watching it. And honestly, I think it, people might have taken it that same way, the way it was meant to when it was released, just because it was the 60s. And like, he was the black protagonist. Like, he was the guy you were rooting for. And this was done by like a white crew. And he was the only person of color in that film, you know? 
if I remember correctly, but either way, he was a protagonist. Like, he was a big, important part of it. And so I'm not, I think it's easier to talk, or I don't know if it's easier to talk about these things. I guess it depends on the audience, right? Like, who are you trying to set up these concepts? Who are you trying to make sure these concepts are, re- I don't know how to talk, but like, who are you hoping receives this message? Um, and I think horror might be a good way to do that just because many people are into those spooks and they might get something out of it that they didn't even know they would at the end of it. That said, based on like the last couple of minutes that I have been talking for, I'm not sure if people actually do that. Or what I'm trying to say, I'll say it explicitly, is I'm not sure if white people actually understand those messages mm. um, when they're given in horror. And so... Yeah, I think it still goes back to that because, I mean, the people who create these films are, like, really smart. Like, you wouldn't, right? Like, before that class, I I had no idea. And I'm like, wow, you're actually, like, thinking about these things and trying to make a point on them and taking a stand. And you're doing it in a way that, at first glance, doesn't seem like it's anything about what you're actually talking about. And I think that's really creative. And one, I think it's a creative outlet for these artists who create this. But then, too, it's a lot about the audience as well. And I think people are more likely to watch a horror movie than a documentary about how white people need to stop exerting the power that they are. Or that they think they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because ultimately, it's all it's it's all fake. They construct an identity and they... Like they act upon it. Yeah, right. And then because it's because it becomes bigger than what they are, and like ultimately it's just a a tool to manipulate our mind. So then we believe we give it. You know, you know what I'm saying. Like as people, all of us, both people of color and white people, give whiteness meaning. And ultimately give it that power, but then yeah. once you take, once you say no, not not anymore, then that power ceases to exist, and therefore whiteness is like not anything. It's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. Yep, well said. If you can make your own horror film, or a score, or art directed, or any any aspect of it. What would your film be about? What would it sound like? What would it look like? Um, I thought about this because I, um, a couple of years ago I thought about writing a script for one. Um, <laughs> it didn't happen, and I started to, and I just couldn't develop the story at all because um, I was trying to make things complicated. Um, but I, I used to do radio theater in college, and so... We used to get, like, vintage scripts and edit them and then perform them on air. And other times we would write our own scripts. And so I thought about writing a script based on, like, this, the things I had learned about this horror film class that I took. And so my general idea of what I wanted the story to be was about whiteness and kind of mm, do it in a way that doesn't seem like it's talking about whiteness, but I I had this idea where, like, white people, or not white people, but, like, just people in general, um, 
people of color in my head were like, you know, my my protagonist. Um, they, I don't, I don't know if there were big monsters out in society or something like that. But like the daylight was when negative things happened, and they were okay in the nighttime. And I was thinking that I could kind of like flip that societal conception of like darkness being bad and negative and whiteness being good and when all the good things happen and when you're okay and when you're safe and I wanted to do something to flip those two concepts around so that light and dark and like whiteness was the negative thing um and I just I just wasn't sure what I wanted to happen when it was light like white type of you know like that scary factor like I, I wasn't sure what I wanted that to be and so I kind of stopped writing um, that's the general theme of what I wanted to talk about. Um, so that's a very big idea. And I don't know if what I, again, I haven't developed a like concrete story, so I'm not sure if it would actually fit with what I wanted to sound up, sound like, but I really like Alfred Hitchcock movies and like, I like their score and I kind of like that this suspense is built and it's kind of like film noir-ish type of thing going on. I like the vibe that that type of sound creates. And so I would have tried merging the two, but because Hitchcock movies are like old, I'm trying to figure out if that would even work because the film that I have in mind is quite contemporary. And even if I don't have Hitchcock type of sound, I would like the feeling to be the same of when you hear Hitchcock sounds, um, Hitchcock, not Hitchcock. Um, <laughs> when you hear those sounds, like I want those same feelings being brought out. Um, and then I also really like films that are kind of like, they have sad moments, you know? Like, it's like really close friends or their family or something like that. And like, someone has to sacrifice themselves for others and stuff like that. Not that I, not that I want that to ever happen, <laughs> um, but when those when movies have those themes in them, I think it's very powerful. Um, and there are a couple horror movies that are like that that I really liked how they were done, and I thought were done well. There's this movie I think it's from Venezuela, and it's um, called The House at the End of Time. And that first, like I don't I forget how long it is, but like an hour and a half, an hour into it or something like that, you still think it's just one of those like, spooky movies that makes you jump. And then as the story starts developing, you find out that there's like this weird time loop thing and all those spooky things bumping in the closet and those weird like old ladies running around the house at night. Like it all makes sense at the end because of the time loop and it all comes down to like a grandma and like, grandson and like trying to make sure that he's able to get the medical attention that he needs even if it's not at the current time and so she kind of like sacrifices him and he's able to go um, to like the current time and get medical treatment um, and that my summary made it sound very sci-fi but it's not sci-fi it's horror for sure <laughs> but it's like a very beautiful film that's about like family and how much you love someone enough to like even when it's okay to not be with them so that they could be well and yeah something like that I don't know I think like the general idea of what I would want a story to be is kind of like having that family aspect as well that's beautiful 
Thanks. No, I think that's really cool. I think that you should one develop it more. Um, yeah, I think that it's okay. One question I do have about your film, about like your idea. Um, for you, does there always have to be that um, contention with whiteness? Do you do you like? envision a film that is just about the community itself obviously it is it's impacted like our lives all of our lives are impacted by whiteness in some way at some point all the time um but do you feel like there there's a story within the community itself that that doesn't necessarily have to always contend with that with that whiteness i don't know does that make sense to you that does make sense, yeah. And um, I think, yes, and I think it's going to go back to my answer about, like, that family story and having something more internal be the storyline. Um, because I feel like with this very big idea of the film that I would like to make, um, it could totally easily center on, like, family and friends and those very strong bonds and uh, make it a celebration, like, even though it will be horror and there will be spook elements it could be a celebration of those bonds within a community of color and i think um like i wouldn't have white people in the film it would just be like centered around like my own culture and the culture of my friends um and just yeah i don't i don't know i would be interested in knowing like what other film people also have to say about this but just making it a celebration about that and of course you will have like those horror elements not in the way that you're fighting against white supremacy type of core elements, but more kind of like, I don't know, like, what does it mean to love? And I guess, like, core elements in the way that there are some very scary things that can happen to break a family apart and things like that, right? Um, and even when you come down to it, also, like, there are horror movies that are based on mental health and how, like, mental health generally, but also how, like, these issues affect the family and the relationships you have with others. Um, and I think it could totally be a film about that as well. It doesn't always have to include white people. I think my initial thought on the previous um, concept of, like, this film uh, was centered around, like, whiteness and kind of disrupting what, like, the color white represents in society because... One, because I was angry, and two, because so many of the films that we analyzed in class had to do with race, and so that's something that I was thinking about a lot as well. But I think it's also important to not have those be the only type of horror stories told and have something for you and your community mm -hmm. alone. Just have it, I guess, not necessarily a safe space, but like just have something that you do for yourself and not even have to worry about white people. Yeah. For me, I think that that um that takes away that they that takes away the power that mm -hmm. is perceived that they have. Um and in doing that that exerts like the true power, <laughs> the true power and understanding and like embracing of self. Um and I think that that's way more valuable and way more more timeless. Because it, it tells a, a it tells future generations it, it's not about them. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's about you, um, and you have the power to tell your own story in the way that you want to tell that story. 
And I think horror, honestly, I think any any genre, any um, any story, in any like form, it can you know take form in like a design, or it can take form in like the way that someone prepares a meal. Any type of like expression of self by the original self <laughs> is the most powerful and the most um, the most intimate in the most uh, accurate. Now I'm thinking about like family horror movies and I'm, the, a movie that I really, really like, um, I don't know what it's called, it's that John Krasinski movie um, with Emily Blunt and where like you have to be silent and if you, there's any type of noise, like monsters come and like get you and stuff. And I'm just, I really, really like that movie. One, because like John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are actually married and so there's like that real relationship that they didn't even have to take in the film that makes him more real but then also the, the scene where John's character he sees that like the monsters are about to get his kids and so he like starts yelling so that they kill him instead and kind of like that scene of sacrifice which like really got me um and I think that film generally was very well made um and well written but um where was I going with this I forgot. I had a really good thought I was going to talk about, and I forgot. But, um, yeah, just, like, it was interesting because at the beginning of the film, like, I, I could not stop laughing. It started in, like, a serious scene, and I still couldn't stop laughing just because it's Jim from The Office. And I'm like, I cannot take you seriously. Like, I just can't. Um, but by the end of the film, like, he had done just, like, such a good job acting that, I don't know, like, I cried. I definitely cried during that film, and I think that's something that, um, that's the type of horror movie I want, you know, where, like, yeah, there are monsters and stuff like that, but, like, you just love your family so much, and, like, you would do anything for them. I don't know, those are some of the best horror movies, in my opinion. And, um, I actually, because I don't have a TV, I know that it is out in theaters as of last Thursday, but I don't know if there are any other horror films out, um at the moment like I don't know if I would recommend that I would totally recommend the movie I said um The House at the End of Time it it used to be on Netflix I'm not sure if it still is um and it's in Spanish but it's obviously there are subtitles and things like that um but I, I I really enjoyed that one like that one made you think and it like blew your mind and and it was like actually that's a really good example of like a film that doesn't revolve around white people <laughs> um that's just like a film on its own. So I would, I, rec I would recommend people to watch that. In terms of music, I don't think I listen to like scary music, but music generally. Um, Muna just released an album last week, and they are this trio. Um, I don't know where they're from, but they're like all queer women, um, and one of them for sure is a woman of color. There's a white woman, and then I think another one might be mixed, or she might be of color. I'm not really sure, but, like, you know, they're, like, incredible, and they have, they do synth-pop music, but they just release an album, and it's, it's really, really good. Um, and I generally like their music because, one, it's, like, it's cool because it's, like, gender-neutral, and so they don't use, when they're singing songs about love, they don't use, like, pronouns. It's kind of, like, anybody can listen to it and adapt those stories to them, to them and their stories or adapt the songs to their personal stories. Um, and then also, it's kind of like danceable music. Like, you can definitely hear the music at a club and just, like, jam. So I think it, you get a lot of out of their music. So I would 
I'd recommend supporting them because um, in my head, I think they're really big, but I don't think they're, they actually are that big. So check them out for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. I'm kind of a boring person, but... <laughs> <laughs> You're not boring. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't do much. Or I don't know. Maybe I think a lot. I don't know. I spend a lot of time in my bed. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't really go out into the world. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but I will be going to see it at some point. Ah, I just saw someone uh, go see that the other day, so haven't heard a review from it yet, but seems like it may be good. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, you're amazing. You are like you. You truly are amazing, and you're 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 a lot cooler than you think you are, man. Like, I learned a lot from you, and I learned a lot from this conversation. So that's amazing. Is there any? Yeah. Is there anywhere that people can find you or you want to be found? <laughs> um, I don't have any, like, personal social media accounts, um, but I do have a music blog, which you can totally follow. Um, it's called The Barricade Blog, and that's how you, you will find that account on Instagram because um, it's the blog and an Instagram account to go with it. There's nothing else. But the blog itself is called thebarricadeblogger.blogspot.com. And I've been slacking on... I haven't been slacking on it. I've posted a couple of stuff, and I definitely have content that will be posted in the next several months. But I'm trying to... Like, I like talking about music as it's personal, and I kind of i am trying to figure out how much I want to share. Yeah, and I can vouch people. Jen has amazing music taste, and not just because she's my friend. She genuinely has amazing music taste, and it's very different from mine. So, like, I I appreciate that. Um, so please check out her blog and follow her on Instagram. She's amazing. You're amazing. I love you so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. Of course, and please be sure to follow us at Dig Three X or and or you can follow me. Um, at Sierra, S-I-E-R-R-A, with three underscores, J-A-Y, for my personal Instagram account. Thank you all, and we'll talk later.